0: Change huh? You got a phone. Pick it up. Call me. How come we don't even talk no more? And you don't even call no more. We don't barely keep in touch at all. And I don't even feel the same love when we are no more. And I heard it through the grapevine we even beefing now. After all the years we've been down. The Colf Man It is no holds barred Today's program We're bringing the heat We're bringing the fire On the program today We've got NBA Finals Disaster in Golden State Kevin Durant The Achilles Snaps Where to now for Durant We've got AFL Football What's going on with the Melbourne Demons Tom McDonald Take a good hard look at yourself. And we've got French Open Action, the ATP Tour and WTA Tours, Rafa Nadal and Ash Barty French Open Champions 2019. What a performance from both players! It's an action packed show here today. We've got a lot to unpack. This is no holds barred. And we are back, Jade Colf at the Colf Man, No Holds Barred Sports Podcast. We're going to jump straight into the program today because we've got a lot to get We've got a lot to get through and a lot to, uh, lot to unpack. And we're talking uh, NBA hoops first, NBA finals action, Warriors and Raptors. Then we've got the Colf face coming up. We're going to talk about Tom McDonald from Melbourne Football Club. Tom is at the Colf face today. And then we've got French Open action, Rafa Nadal and Australia's very own Ashley Barty to talk about how they won the titles there in Roland Garros. We're moving on to the grass court season now. We'll get to more of that later on in the show. But first of all, it is NBA Finals action and the Warriors somehow find a way to win 106-105 against the Toronto Raptors, staying alive 3-2 in the series as it moves back to Oracle Arena. But can't help but talk about KD, Kevin Durant, lasts about 12 minutes of action, tries to explode to the hoop. I don't know why, poor coaching, more about that in a minute. And the Achilles heel snaps, the right Achilles heel snaps, and he is done and dusted, falls to the floor, and uh, it is absolute pandemonium there in Toronto on their home Home floor, been a lot of talk about whether or not he should have played, was he pressured into playing, Um, the Golden State Warriors forcing him to play. Listen up here folks, nobody forced Kevin Durant to play, nobody forced him to go out there on the court and as an athlete, you know your body better than anybody else and it's simple as this people, athletes always play hurt. Take a look around at any pro athlete as the season goes ahead. And if you're a part of a team, you're a part of a a winning team or a winning culture, um, you're going to play hurt. You're going to play sore. Take a look at the the Warriors' entire lineup. They're all banged up. You know, uh, Looney's hurt. Cousins is hurt. Thompson, hamstring strain slash, you know, minor tear, call it what you will, he's hurt. Everybody's playing hurt. And, look, it's very, very unfortunate what happened to Kevin Durant. You, you never want to see that, and there's nothing more serious uh, in a dynamic sport such as basketball or one where you've got to rely on cutting and moving and exploding and changing direction. Nothing more serious than an Achilles tear. But he will make a full recovery. Now, it's going to take upwards of two years. Um, Kevin Durant's going to be all right. It's just the, the outrage and the, uh, the talk about, like, oh, poor Kevin Durant you know, look, we've got to have some empathy here, but Kevin Durant's doing okay. He's scheduled to make $31 million uh, next year uh, on a deal where he's probably not even going to play basketball. Um, Kevin Durant's going to get the best possible help and the best care uh, to get him back uh, 100%. Now, as I said, it will take a good uh, 18 to 24 months before that happens, but in saying that, uh, you know, if you are not willing to to go out there on the court uh, when you're hurt, um, you're not willing to lose big, uh, then don't play. And Kevin Durant, he made the decision to go out there, uh, whether or not he was advised to or not. There's been talk that, um, you know, some of the people around him advised him not to play because he wasn't ready. Um, Look, at the end of the day, uh, Durant has to make the decision himself. And it, it could have happened at any stage, but because of this happened uh, when he was out uh, for a good four or five weeks prior to this, uh, it looks really bad. Now, in terms of what was he doing exploding to the hoop, you know, 30 feet away and trying to cut and make a, a dynamic and explosive move, that was probably poor um. Poor coaching Shortly, Steve Kerr says We only want you in uh, low post situations And we only want you catch catching and shooting um, You know, to have him 30 foot from the hoop Exploding uh, to the rack doesn't look good That was the first thing that I thought of When he went down uh, That was probably the only thing that uh, I can be critical of For the Golden State Warriors um, But that's just speculation as well It could have happened at any time uh, 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 during the season um, We've seen it We've seen it before But the bottom line is You play hurt on teams that matter You play hurt on teams That are going to win the title And win the championship You play hurt on teams that, that are a dynasty That's why you are a dynasty Because you overcome adversity And you overcome uh, tough times And you overcome 3-1 deficits You overcome you are an overcomer, and Kevin Durant went out there because his team needed him, they were 3-1 down, and even if he wasn't feeling 100%, he felt like he could could contribute. Now, he scored, what was it, 12 points uh, in about 10 minutes of action, Uh, he was contributing. Very, very unfortunate that he goes down for the count, and season over and probably next season over as well. But if you don't like risk, don't play. And you cannot play scared and be a winner at the same time. And as I said before, the Warriors' entire lineup is banged up. They're all hurt. Every single one of them. And they are hanging on for dear life by a thread. And I keep on saying it, if you're not willing to lose big don't play but it's chips all in for this warrior's outfit and they know it and kevin durant knew it and if he was at 60% that's on him that's his call but i think it was a, a big thing like he was if he didn't play or be on court for that game well you know people would have talked oh he's not He's not giving 100 percent. he's leaving them out there to fry. There's nothing wrong with him. He's going to leave anyway. He's going to New York. Just negative talk. And if Kevin Durant can hear that negative talk, then that's on Kevin. We know he's a sensitive soul, but at the end of the day, you've got to toughen up. It's your decision as a person and as a well, as a person, as a pro athlete, call it what you will. But if you are afraid of what every single person out there is saying about you, then you've already lost. You've already lost. And the most successful people out there in life are the ones who, it doesn't matter what he said, it's like water off a duck's back. They do not hear the noise. Kevin Durant, unfortunately, hears too much noise. We've seen it all season long, agitated. Getting into uh, fights with the media. No, it's very entertaining uh, from a fan's point of view. But if you hear the noise, you are going to be vulnerable. And I think Kevin Durant may have heard the noise. Hey, I admire him for going out there and playing and getting in the trenches with his teammates. Unfortunate, Achilles tear. Not good. The worst possible injury and it was there for everybody to see in the NBA Finals, but I think the noise. Kevin Durant, he listens to it, he's affected by it, and I think there were too many narratives going around that if he doesn't play, oh, it's Kevin's fault. They don't need him anyway. They, uh, you know, they won the championship without him. He's never been really a part of the team. He's just a he's just a hired gun. He's just coming come in and. Um, riding off uh Stephen Clay's coattails and this Warriors Outfit's coattails. Where if he comes back and helps the Warriors from a 3-1 deficit, it looks like he was the difference maker. You can speculate and talk about every single thing that you want to. And it's no matter how you look at it or which angle you come from. Bottom line is, it's, it's Kevin Durant's decision. And he's always heard the noise and he didn't know which way to go, but you've got to listen to your body and you've got to listen to your mindset, otherwise you'll pay the price. This is No Holds Barred. Yeah, said it before. Athletes always play hurt, always, but you can't listen to the noise and Durant is a noise listener, gets agitated, got to let it go, so just unfortunate, he'll be back though, but that throws a huge spanner in the works with free agency starting on the On the 1st of July Where will the chips fall? Because teams were were going to move Based on what Durant did That's how the dominoes were going to fall But now Now Lakers In talks with uh, the Pelicans On Anthony Davis I see that See some moves being made The chips will fall Very very soon But we've we've got NBA Finals Tomorrow morning and three-two Warriors, as I said, holding on for dear life. We'll bring it to you. No holds barred. Okay. We are moving on to the next part of the show. And AFL football. And we are talking about we started last show, we started for the first time new segment called The coal face, yes, the coal face, and no, I didn't create that. That was um, the people uh, wanted uh, wanted this segment. So we like to listen to the people. We listen to the fans because it's all about them. And well, we created the coal face, and we had our great friend, our good mate, Taxi Walker on. Uh, He was he was being, uh, of course. He had to be on there first, and it was long, long overdue, averaging about 10 touches a game. The so-called uh, star center half forward for the Adelaide Crows, and uh, so it went well. It went well. I thought the coalface went well last week. We were very happy with it here in the studio. So week two of the cold face, and we are moving on to another forward in the AFL who, ironically, plays in a similar position to Texie Walker and it's Tom McDonald of Melbourne football club the Melbourne demons an absolute diabolical season thus far preliminary finalists there last year in the AFL and they are I'd be very surprised if they took part in finals this year and they have been somewhat embarrassing uh for lack of a better phrase or lack of a better term and uh Coach Simon Goodwin, I think, is well. His press conference is starting to look a little bit, uh, a little bit awkward. He, his body language, very, very anxious, nervous, and uh, I think this is a situation he didn't really see himself in. But um, we're not giving, uh, we're not giving Coach Goodwin uh, a bake. We are talking about Tom McDonald, Tom McDonald of Melbourne Football Club. Uh, who kicked something like 55 goals, or I believe it was around about 55 goals there last year for the preliminary finalists, and uh, he is a shadow of of himself. Now, they moved him forward there last year, and he kicked a lot of goals, but I don't know, for me, looking at it, he didn't look like a, a natural forward, and I believe he's suited more to the back line and this year right now uh tom mcdonald is making me look like a genius once again and mcdonald is really struggling as the number one forward target for melbourne they have clearly overrated him and let me just talk to you about tom's last three weeks last three weeks eight touches The next week, 13 touches. And on the weekend, he had 12 touches. So not getting it done at all. And this is a classic example of clubs that play guys out of position. This whole thing about like, oh, we're going to swing him forward because he provides great flexibility. And, um, you know, we need flexibility in our team. He's never played forward in his entire life. He's played back. And you swing him forward... And when there is adversity and things are not going well, he looks out of place and he's not getting it done. And it's another classic example of Melbourne are not the only ones that do this, but another classic example of playing a guy out of position, you've got to put them in a position that gives them the best chance to be successful. That is coaching. That is self-awareness. Tom McDonald is running around out there and he looks absolutely lost and he's now devoid of confidence. And they're going to have to put him back into the VFL to get some form. Now, they've got a bye this week, which is, probably comes at a good time. But they are well and truly running out of time. And Tom McDonald, and I've been talking about Tex Walker, but look, Tom McDonald has been, uh, wow, just been super, super poor. And I know playing in the forward line, if the ball's not getting kicked in, Uh, correctly and the delivery's poor, then how can the Ford get the job done? Well, you know, call it what you will, say how you want, but Tom McDonald uh, last year wasn't the number one Ford. He was more the number two or number three, sometimes the number three Ford, and he rode that wave, and it doesn't look good now for Melbourne Football Club. And Tom McDonald, he is our second... Winner of the coal face, and just so you're aware, you don't want to be on the coal face. It doesn't. It's, you're not winning if you're on the coal face. You are struggling, but it's the segment that the people want, so we're bringing it to them. And so, Tom McDonald, I said, ten touches a game. Not going to get it done. Uh, needs to uh, they need to plug him back into the into the back line, keep him back there because he is not a Ford. He is far from a a uh, impact Ford in the AFL. That was fool's gold. What uh, what they uh, saw last year from him, and he has fooled the coaching staff, and now the coaching staff are fooling themselves by playing him in the Ford line. And that is today's coalface. This is No Holds Barred. The coalface. Thought it went well. At Melbourne Football Club, it's a classic case of... Coach Simon Goodwin and their coaching staff They basically have underestimated The impact that Jesse Hogan had on that club Hogan goes across to Fremantle And their fortunes have ironically turned around as well They look like they may play finals this year So Jesse Hogan, he's copped plenty of heat For his uh, Off-field antics I guess you could say But When you look at it Melbourne are missing him, and they're missing him big time. He's the one major player that they don't have in their squad from last year's preliminary final run. So, Jesse Hogan, a valuable, valuable player. And Tom McDonald, gee whiz. Get him back, get him in the back line. He's not a number one forward, and we've seen that. He He's on the face, So... In saying that, we are moving on from AFL football and we're on to tennis, world tennis, and the French Open wrapped up just the other day and it was Rafael Nadal with his 12th French Open title. Can you believe it? Taking out Dominic Team in four sets and Nadal... So we took, he took out Federer in the semifinals with some incredible defensive play. Federer struck the ball, and uh, the, the stroke-making was absolutely out of this world. And Nadal, in this one, a set apiece, and things looked in the balance, but Rafa took, uh, took a bit of time in between sets number two and three, and... Really unsettled Dominic team in the last two sets, sets three and four, 6 1, 6 1. Rafa came out, shortened points, and struck early in the 0 to 4 uh, rally. And Dominic team, I believe the the physicality and the work rate that he's had to put in over the two weeks eventually caught up with him. The semi-final against Novak Djokovic it was completed over two days with rain delays, but you can't underestimate how physical that match is. You know, over four hours of on-court baseline heat and winning that one 7-5 in the fifth set. So, team pulls up short again in the French Open, and it's that man Nadal who wins his 18th Grand Slam and... uh, you know when will it end? I said this a couple of a couple of seasons ago that he could win fifteen. I mean the absolutely outrageous numbers could win fifteen of the one Grand Slam. And you look at the the next generation coming through. There's only a couple of players that spring to mind that may trouble Nadal on the clay over five sets. Stefanos Tsitsipas is one that I've spoken about. I'm very Bullish on this guy. The way he moves, he's free-flowing. He's, he's fearless. He attacks. He's an exciting, is uh, an exciting talent. I think he's one that could uh, could pose a threat. Um, he is the main one, but these other guys, uh, they've got some real work to do. Dominic team, uh, as great as he is on the dirt, just didn't have the uh, didn't have the 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 physicality to go with Rafa. This is that five set that Novak Djokovic had with, uh, with team really setting back. And Nadal pretty much uh, waltzes in with sets 3 and 4, 6-1, 6-1, to win the title again and uh, thoroughly well-deserved. Coming into the French Open, Nadal was, uh, well, I wouldn't say devoid of confidence, but wasn't as dominant early uh, in the lead-up events. Uh, had taken a, a couple of losses. Um, normally he uh, normally he's virtually undefeated through the clay court season but he lost uh, he lost bad to Fabio Fognini uh, in a whitewash in Monte Carlo uh, Dominic team also beat him again uh, in a lead-up event so you know Nadal had to work his way into the into the French open he wasn't uh, as uh, invincible as as he, as he has been, but as soon as he hit the, the clay courts of Paris and over the best of five format, he, uh, he goes to a whole new level. And look, Dominic Thiem, he looks like the guy that poses the biggest threat, but he has not been able to get it done on the biggest stage. He's had two goes at it over the last two French Opens and he's ran out of gas uh, when it's really mattered most. So heartbreaking for Dominic team, uh, and it's hard to see him winning a French Open as long as Rafael Nadal is around. the The males will, uh, they'll move on to uh, the grass courts now over there uh, in the UK and in Europe. Uh, we have some minor grass court events this week, uh, leading into uh, into Wimbledon, and uh, as I said before, Roger Federer. The way he struck the ball in that semi-final against Nadal, if he strikes the ball like that, uh, come Wimbledon in a few weeks' time, uh, it will be very hard to defeat uh, the the Swiss maestro. You know the conditions really favour Nadal in Paris. the The temperature didn't get up uh, get up hot, didn't get up above uh, above thirty degrees, and uh, the conditions when they're slow, uh, you know. It's moist in the air And uh, the air's not crisp It's virtually impossible to beat Rafa Nadal Same as Wimbledon If they get a hot summer in Wimbledon With temperatures up in the high 20s Early 30s Then uh, Roger Federer Is Virtually impossible to beat On a slick grass court And he will start favourite I believe in At Wimbledon uh, When that gets underway in a few weeks time up next we are talking about the women's side Australia's Ashley Barty she has broken down the Grand Slam door winning her first French Open and her first slam we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how she did that and how this has been building for quite a while this is Jade Kolf at The Kolf Man you're listening to No Holds Barred Oh, we're back in the studio. No holds barred sports podcast. Yeah, Nadal, man. 12. 12 French Open titles. Now, I reckon, I reckon Roger would have around about 12 if Wimbledon was still played on the traditional grass that they had. People do realise they've changed the grass at Wimbledon. Do they not? They've changed it to It's a different kind of grass That packs down harder So the ball bounces higher So it plays more like a really fast hard court Than it does a traditional grass court So it brings guys into the equation Such as those baseline players Like Nadal, Djokovic That kind of thing So If it was played on the traditional grass That Pete Sampras played on Roger, I don't think he would have lost a match at Wimbledon because you just just serve and volley, coming to the net, attacking play, it rewards that. But they were interested. The tour wanted more rallies. They wanted more uh, interaction with the spectators. So changed the conditions. Moving on, women's. French Open, Ashley Barty wins her first French Open championship and she does it in style and she does it comfortably and she didn't have to play any of the big guns in the draw. The draw opened up wide open for the young Australian. She was due to play Serena Williams early on, did not have to do that. She was due to play Naomi Osaka. She was gone, did not have to do that. And Simona Halep, Crashed out in the quarterfinals So the semifinal matchup with Halep She did not have to face her either And she walked to the title Her maiden Grand Slam title Winning the French Open And this had been building for a while And we had spoken about this I had covered this earlier on She won the title in Miami The Miami 1000 event And I felt that possible Grand Slam title. After seeing her perform in the Australian Open in Melbourne, I thought the writing was on the wall. I thought it was only a matter of time, and I actually predicted her to win Wimbledon this year. Didn't see uh, the French Open uh, coming first. Uh, I thought Wimbledon may have been her coming out party to win Wimbledon and to win her first major, but she is ahead of schedule. Winning the French Open and catapulting to number two in the world, and it is thoroughly deserved. What a what a star! And the way she goes about it, um, very humble, very uh, very approachable. Just a great Aussie uh, country girl. And at 23 years of age, she she has it all in front of her, and it is extremely exciting for Australian tennis. Uh, they've been waiting for this for a while, and. Comes from great pedigree, great stock. She won the Junior Wimbledon Championship at 15 years of age and took a sabbatical away from the game uh, just a few years ago. Uh, Wasn't enjoying the game, wasn't enjoying the pressures of the world tour and stepped away. But what a comeback it's been. And um, it's great to see her uh, fulfill her talent. Got a great all-court game, beautiful slice backhand and uh, moves well. Um, but the number one thing that has catapulted her to number two in the world in the French Open Championship is her mental resolve and her mental toughness. She was in a bit of trouble in that semi-final uh, down a set and three love but uh, reeled off the next five straight games in that one and winning 6-3 in the third set. But it's her confidence in herself, her self-belief, her mental resolve, uh, her maturity that has separated her from the rest of the pack and her confidence and self-belief now. She's won more matches on the women's tour this year than anybody uh, on the tour. And this is going to continue. I said here a little while ago, she is a future number one player in the world and she is knocking on the door. And it is incredibly exciting and thoroughly deserved. The final was a little bit of a fizzer, um, a 6-1, 6-3 scoreline, but going into that match there uh, against her surprise, uh, the, the surprise 19-year-old uh, Czech opponent, um, I figured it was going to be a blowout, and she was as steady as can be and never looked like losing, and that is that belief and self-confidence that you know that she is the best player in the world, and I think she truly believes that she is right now, And and that has shown. And going into Wimbledon, she will start as one of the favourites to take out that title. And it's the situation where the floodgates have opened, you know, at 23 years of age, she is in, uh, you know, the peak, the peak of her powers, the peak of her career. And physically, she's only going to get stronger. And mentally, um, she is only going to get stronger as well. And it's thoroughly deserved for uh, Ashley Barty, and it is extremely exciting for Australian tennis, Australian women's tennis. And when they were dropping like flies, all the big guns, uh, she stood tall because she could have crashed out as well. When things opened up, she could have taken a, a look at the draw and thought, oh my goodness, uh, it is wide open now. Because there's no doubt she expected to play Williams, Osaka and Halep along the way. A night, nightmare draw really. But when it opened up, You can go one of two ways You can look at it and go Oh Geez uh, I'm excited Uh, I haven't got any of these ones to play And you've got to cash in on that You've got to cash in On that situation Or you can take a look at the draw And Go the other way And and go the negative way And say Oh Geez the pressure Has just gotten higher Because I've got a, a Free path So to speak To The French Open title But she handles the pressure And uh, it comes down to that self belief and the mental toughness and the confidence in her own ability, and she never looked like losing it. Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a roadblock in that semi as she went down three love, but after that it was one way traffic. And Ashley Barty, the 2019 French Open champion, and I'm telling you now, people, there will be more. She will be a multiple Grand Slam winner both in singles and doubles. And that just goes to show what uh, what an athlete <clears throat> and what a talented player that she is. So get behind her, Ashley Barty. Congratulations. And look forward to seeing how she goes there at Wimbledon. She will start one of the favourites. Future world number one, mark my words. This is Jade Kulf at the Colf Man. We'll be back after the break to talk a little bit of NBA Finals, game six, what to expect. It's coming up. We'll talk to you then. Oh, Ashley Barty, it's been building for a while. It's no surprise from my end, no surprises at all, number two in the world, that's I said top five very soon. So, right on track. Right on track. I was spot on the money. We're back. NBA Finals, Game 6. No Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant out. We know that. Achilles. He is having surgery in New York to repair that Achilles. And the Raptors will roll into Oracle Arena looking to close the series out. Can they get it done? Heartbreaker last game, up six with a couple of minutes to play. Could not get it done. And interesting to see how this one pans out. I think the Warriors find a way again and we go back to Canada for game seven. A lot of people talking about, they see the Raptors uh, closing it out here in this game. Uh, look, the home court advantage obviously hasn't done anything at all. Uh, in this series The Warriors Yet to Yet to win one On their home floor So uh, You know When you take a look at it uh, You can go one of either Both ways I think uh, I think with Thompson and Curry At home I think they find a way I think they They show some Championship pedigree And they show some Fight again And they go back to Canada And Would love to see it go back to Canada because I think a game seven, a game seven would add plenty of drama to an already incredible series where there's been heaps of things going on. And look, uh, Leonard, I thought, when he scored 10 quick points in about three minutes, I thought he was single-handedly going to get them over the line but couldn't get it done. And as they roll into Oracle... For this game six, they will be tough to beat. I think this one goes down to the wire, and I'm definitely hoping that it goes down to the wire because a game seven would add uh, all kinds of drama and innuendo to what has been uh, really, uh, well, you know, really a fascinating NBA season and uh, a drama filled NBA finals. We've had a a serious injury to a superstar, we've had a, uh, a uh, an, an NBA owner Shoving Kyle Lowry And uh, and getting banned We've had injuries We've got players banged up We've got uh, the, the narrative of Does Leonard stay in Canada Or as you he head back to, uh, to California uh, It's all been going on Free agency coming up There's plenty of action And uh, let's hope we can get a game 7 In Canada uh, For the grand finale And for the championship uh, Really looking forward to it And we're going to bring it to you uh, on the next episode. We'll break down what goes on in game six. Uh, It should be a beauty and you need to tune in for that. Wow, what a show. Plenty going on. The coalface went well once again. Uh, NBA finals, Wimbledon coming up. It is all happening. Uh, It's been a great show. Very, very enjoyable. But... We have got to shut it down here at No Holds Barred because we are about to tune in to NBA Finals Game 6. You need to tune in to that too. Uh, it will be an absolute cracker. Looking forward to the next show. We'll break down the finals. We'll talk more Wimbledon build-up as the pro tour on the men's and women's circuits. Uh, head to Europe for some grass court action and we'll bring you uh, a full cap of AFL games this week. Who is going to be the next athlete on the Colf face? You don't want to be on the coal face because you will absolutely wear it. This is Jade Kolf at the Colf Man. We will see you guys on the next episode. This is No Holds Barred. Watching, though. You guys vote. touch at all, and I don't even feel the same love when we are no more, and I heard it through the grapevine, we even beefing now, after all the years we've been down, ain't no way, no how, this bullshit can't be true, we family, and it damn thing changed, unless it's so young, so full of life and vibrant, side by side, wherever you was riding, so close, almost on some Bonnie and Clyde shit When Ronnie died, you was right by my side with a shoulder to the crown And tissue to wipe my eyes in a bucket to catch every tear I cried inside it You even had the same type of childhood I did sometimes I just wanna know why is it the two that came to yours and mine I survived it we grew up part As time went by, and I blew up. to both yours and mine surprises. Now I feel alive vibe, I just can't describe it. as your pride tries to hide it. Your cold, you touch it, just like ice in your eyes is a look of resentment. I can sense it, and I don't like it. We don't even talk no more. And you don't The podcast you just heard was made using anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast?